Roman Harper. This dude has become a really good friend of mine. Imagine being one of the best safeties in the NFL, millions of dollars, Super Bowl champ, and being at a rooftop party in LA and looking at yourself thinking, you're a little empty, you're missing something. That's when God talked to Roman. When I'm being a multi-million dollar house, going to Lakers game, I'm talking to this cheerleader. I'm looking up and I'm just, I feel empty. When I thought I was getting better, that I still was not a good dude. How do you go to heaven? I just wanted to know. I literally picked up my Bible and I just started reading. I've heard God talk to me one time. What's your journey been like to get to the NFL, get to Bama before that? Um, I was the first that looks like me to actually go to the NFL from where I'm from. So growing up in a place where nobody's ever made it, it's really actually hard to say that you can have a goal or something that's obtainable when nobody in front of you has ever been able to do that. And I, I really give my parents a lot of credit for that, always keeping my head on straight. And I, I was more focused on my grades anyway. So uh, that was always going to be my out was that as long as I made some good grades, I always had a chance to be able to accomplish whatever I wanted to do. And me being a, a goal-oriented person, that was always just one of the things that kept me uh, in line. And in your journey to get there and to achieve what you have with the Lord by your side, what stumbling blocks did you run into and how did you persevere and get over those and how critical are they? You know, looking back, like, wow, I, I can't believe that that horrible moment was what it was so amazing for me. Well, uh, in high school, my last my last game in high school, going into the playoffs, I broke my leg. Uh, that wasn't pretty. And uh, I thought my recruiting process and me actually going to play college football was kind of over, but uh, they stuck by me. They continued to recruit me. I healed up in six weeks and started playing basketball and all that kind of continued to go. Then when I got in college, uh, you know, we had a whole bunch of turmoil at Alabama. I went through three head coaches in five years. I had a really good uh, uh, freshman class that came in um, and really just sticking by those guys. Some of those guys are still some of my best friends till this day. We've all been very successful uh, on and off the field. They're all doing different jobs and have different careers. And I, I love those guys. And those guys are the people that I leaned on the most. When you go away from your family, you're on your own. Uh, you don't have the normal support system that you have in your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. Uh, my brothers became my, my teammates. And I, I love those guys for that. So in your journey, when you tear your ACL and you break your leg, do you get mad at God? Do you scream at God? Do you just try to figure oh, out yeah. what's going on here? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, why? Um, I remember in high school, I was crying. I was just like, why? Why is it being taken when I'm having so much success? And I didn't know why. And, you you know, it's just what God's plan is. And, and then when I tear my ACL, was, you know, I'm just like, there's no way I tore my ACL. I walked off the field. What are you talking about? Not only that, but I went to the club last night. What are you talking about? Like, I, I'm i good. And they're like, no, you're done. Um, it's partially torn. I'm like, well, it's partial. They're like, well, it's still the same thing. It's still going to tear. It's it's not like a bone. It's not like anything else. It's a ligament. So um, you'll rehab six, eight months, and we'll see you next year. And it was just, it's very, why? And now I'm back to the why again. I'd never been hurt in between. And I found out the why later. And that's because my brother ended up the same thing to his knee a, a couple of years later in a flag football game down there in New Orleans with me. So 
me having to go through the rehab process, I was able to try and help him get through the rehab process a couple of years later. Not only that, but I met one of my best friends to this day, Rob Nichols. When you're going through that rehab process, anyone that's gone through rehab knows it, whether you're an athlete or not. I mean, you have days where you're just like, what's this isn't worth it. This, this is this is brutal. You get you get disappointed, you get sad, you get upset, you get angry. Was there a point where you really kind of relied on your faith or looked at something, something clicked and you, you kind of realized what you're working for and why, or, you know, did it take on another meaning for you at any point? Oh, you know what? At that time, I don't think I was thinking I was so young in my faith and it was still I, I looked at the man in the mirror and depended on him a lot more um, instead of my, my Lord and Savior, uh, which, you know, that's just who it is. You got to grow to that person. I'm, I've grown to the person I am now. I wasn't always this person. And, you know, that's just what it is. And I think at the time I was more always trying to say that I could do this. I could do that. And I've grown to where, you know, when I'm weak, he's strong. So that's where I'm at now. How hard was it for you to grow in your faith or have a faith that you have today while being a professional athlete because not because of time, but because of the way people look at you, the way you look at yourself, because you have to be on the field as a warrior and think that you're the best and you're the reason you're the best. How difficult was it to kind of mesh those two worlds? I think early on the immaturity prospect, the possible, the immaturity aspect of who we are as humans, that we are of sin that, Hey, you're going to look at yourself and say, it's all I like everybody does that. You're going to run through a point where you're like, dude, I'm doing this thing. I'm killing it. And that it's all on me. Right. And that I'm this, I'm that. And that is why we fall. And when we fall, that is when you look to others to say why. Right. Because it can't be myself. It has to be something else. And then you actually feel like, man, you know what? I'm empty. I And, and I'm not as full as I thought I was. And for me, for as much success that I was having in my whole football career from college, from little league to high school, um, college and the NFL early on to, you know, making a couple of pro bowls, winning the Super Bowl, uh, you know, being with other women and, and, and being all around the city and doing all these things that I thought was so cool. And what I was looking forward to the most of being an NFL player. And at the end of the day, I was in, I, you know, I'd be training in the off season and out and, in Hollywood Hills and I'd be in a multi-million dollar house and just relaxing and out by the pool, having some friends over and, you know, different people around. And I'm looking up and I'm just, I feel empty. I feel alone. I'm not satisfied with anything I'm doing. It's just like, what am I doing? Like I, I have, I'm living on top of the world. I'm doing everything I thought I wanted to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Lakers games. I'm, I'm talking to this cheerleader. I'm doing this. And I'm just like, I'm not complete at all. And I'm searching for it and I'm not getting it from what I'm doing. It like what I'm fulfilling myself with. So from there, I really just, I stopped. I did a really hard reset button on my life. I, I started trying to read. I, I picked up a Bible for the first time in a few years and started reading and, and just started like praying, just wanted to be better. I wanted to, I don't know what I was, I was trying to like ask God, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I here for? I got, I got, I'm the highest paid person in my, in my position in the NFL doing all these other things and I feel empty I feel like how does that even happen and when I saw that I was really starting to take some steps back really figure out what was I supposed to be doing what was my what am I supposed to be called what am I being called to do and uh, and from there that's when God started talking to me he told me that I need to go get my my girl which was Heather I started back talking to Heather and we started back dating and then lo and behold you know you know, we get a kid and 
we end up getting married and all this other stuff. And now I feel so much more complete. I have a purpose. I have, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I have a rock and my wife. And it's like, that is what it was all about. And it takes time to get there and nobody's perfect. And there's no timing on anything. And I don't try and say that my life should be forced upon anybody and that my path is different than everybody else's. And everybody has to find their own path and be on their own journey. And sometimes the best paths and the best journeys are the ones that are the longest, the hardest, the one that's few, that's fewly traveled. You know, that's the road that you want to try and go on. The one that nobody, the path that nobody's on. Uh, the one that's harder because nothing in life that's beautiful or is worth having comes easy. And that's just, that's just true. So like how different do you feel today and, and like knowing your purpose and has your purpose changed since being a football player to where you are as such an awesome father now today? Man, it's it's because I have purpose. Like everything I do every day is really to provide for them and to be able to do for them. Look, see, I just got one come up here right now. See that? <laughs> Hi. And and so, you know, that is what it is for me. And, you know, it's it's not easy. Being married is the hardest job you'll ever have. I mean, my wife hates me like three days out of the week. And then she gets on my nerves like the other two days. And then we got like two days where we're cool. So it's like, man, and it's like every day. And it's just what it is. And you add kids and some, you know, a couple other things into the mix and it gets out of whack really easily. So constantly having to work on these things, I think it makes me more complete because I, it, it's definitely humbled myself. I'm, no, I'm nowhere near as selfless as I used to be, where it used to be all about me and what do I want and what about my needs and what about, you know, what do I want to do? And it's, I don't do that anymore. That's probably the third or the fourth thing on my list. So for me, when, when I am last and I put everybody else first, it's, it's the humbling effect to that. And it's almost like that's like the closest you can be to what Jesus did, right? Where he put everybody else above himself. And when you, you know, and when you humble yourself and you're last and you put everybody else first and you want to do for everybody else. Like that's like the close, that's a close aspect. Right. And that is what we're kind of being called to be called to serve others and to do for others. And when it happens, you, you feel more complete. I was reading this book that my wife, my wife's like all into these books and, and mantras and all these other things. And I have, was reading this guy, uh, Deepak Chopra. I think that's his last name. I don't want to mess it up. My wife loves this guy. Right. And he had like this seven day spirituality book. And on one of the days, it was literally every person that you run into or that you see, like leave them something to feel positive about. Thank them. Write them a letter. Uh, give somebody some money. Like every person that you interact with, like leave them in a more positive way. Just just say something positive to everybody or something that everybody you interact with, talk about, walk by, you know, tell them they look good. I love those shoes. Just something nice. And see how much more you will feel better by pouring into others. Like when you pour into others, you naturally, your cup is going to be rejuvenated because you're not holding on to your own energy anymore. Like it's a life cycle. So when you spend more money, sometimes more money comes to you instead of holding on to it and hoarding it. And like, oh, I can't do this. You hold on and you, you're not allowing the natural flow of life to come into yourself because you're so worried and consumed with holding on to this. And how are you gonna get anything new if you don't ever let go of the old? So when I did that for a day, I was like, dude, I feel great about myself today. I don't know what it was. I, and I, I didn't do anything for myself at all. All I did was just, was just nice and giving to every person I saw for a whole day. And I, I wrote my cleaning lady, 
my cleaning lady, her daughter came over and helped that day. And I wrote her a letter and I just said how thankful I was for her, that the work that she does for me and that I see her, that when she's here, my cleaning the house and she helps her mom, that that's going to, that's going to help her kids, right? That, that, that generational, that when you're giving and doing and helping provide for your mother, that God's going to bless you to help your children, that they're not going to have to help you in that same form, but that you guys are going to be better. And uh, sometimes people just need to have a little bit of faith or tell you that you can achieve something before you can do it. I was one of those people, Will. It's amazing what words and what somebody can do when you install confidence in somebody. Some people are more of a naturally confident person, but some people, they need to be told like, hey, man, you can achieve this if you want it. And then next, you know, they go out there and do it because somebody actually believed in them to say that they could do it. Do you ever have an ability to or have you sat down and ever thought about just looking backwards at your journey with Christ and, and in football and how they've aligned or how they've all worked and just how you've grown in your, in your faith? Yeah, man, I, I have. So, I mean, it's it, it's been a whole journey. Uh, well, it's been a whirlwind for me uh, where, you know, I, I felt like I I was not a big follower of Christ. Like I always believed in Jesus, I always went to church. It was always what it was and I always prayed or thought I prayed. And then, you know, things just kind of work out. But then like when I really had like a hard fall and when I really felt empty, I was like, dude, I really need to like find myself. And I can honestly say I'm 37 years old. I prayed when I was young. I prayed when I was old. I've heard God talk to me one time, but I know he talked to me one time, like one time. And that was when I was like, like really yearning for it. And I feel like I was in a dark place with around a lot of people I was not trusting. And I felt like he told me something and I was just like, and I've been chasing oh, yeah. that goal every, that I need to go get Heather. And, and I've been trying to chase that goal and keep her as my girlfriend my, every day since. Right. So like that's part of it. And I guess he knew that was going to be like my rock or what I needed. And, you know, I got four beautiful kids now because of it and all these other things. And, and she's really good at what I suck at uh, when it comes to like life and doing some other things and staying on task and all that other stuff. So it's, she's been a very, a really good blessing to me, but you know, to see that happen and then other things unfold. And when I thought I was getting better, that I still was not a good dude. I was not a good boyfriend. I was not a good this person, right? And to see myself continue to grow from there, all right, and say, all right, well, I can improve in these areas. I can be a better boyfriend. I can be a better fiance. I can be a better husband. And not just saying, man, you need to change. Like, why don't you work on yourself, right? And I don't I do not do that anymore. Now, whenever it's an issue, I always look at my, the man in the mirror first. How can I make this situation better? If I'm better, then naturally everything else around me should get better, right? And control the controllable. I can't control how my wife feels about this feeling or that or how my kids react to these other things, but I can control my tone. I can control how I react on these certain things. And maybe once I get that under control and under wraps, then everything else around me will, will change for the better. So I'm big on controlling the controllable. And the things that I can control, I don't ever lose any sleep over. And so being from there to get to where that part of my life, and then now where I was in New Orleans, I go back to New Orleans after a couple of years in Carolina. And I'm sitting there with some Jewish friends that I love. I love them to death. And they're explaining to me about the whole Jewish faith. And I'm like, well, well, how do you get to heaven, right? Because I was always told, like, if you say it with your heart and, you know, say it with your mouth, believe it wholeheartedly with your heart that Lord, like Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, like you're saved, you can go to heaven. 
And like, so you don't believe like Jesus Christ is like the Lord and Savior. Like, no, don't believe. I'm like, well, how do you go to heaven? I just wanted to know. And they're like, oh, well, it's this, this, and I don't want to mess it up. So I was like, I'm so confused. So I'd like, I literally picked up my Bible and I just started reading from the very beginning. So I read the Bible from front to back, like, and I'm almost done with it. It's taken me like three years to do this, Will, because I don't like fly through it. I read just a little bit every day. And, and it's been so uplifting to me that I actually have really like learned the Bible because I was tired of other people telling me and interpreting it for me. So I said, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to take all that out and I'm going to go learn it myself. And then I have my own opinion and then I'll be able to talk about it. And I've also learned through all these things that, you know, whenever you're talking about the Bible or Jesus Christ and you're, you're, you're supposed to go in there and spread the gospel, right? That's where we're all called to do. All right. We're all supposed to be shepherds of him, spread the gospel. And you don't supposed to worry about, Oh man, I don't think I know enough. Or I think I don't know. They're like, well, anytime two people are talking about it, convenient about talking about the Lord, he's going to be there and he's going to fill in the gaps for you. He's going to give you the knowledge that you need. And you don't even know, but he's going to have, you know, you'll come up with some stuff. You're like, dang, I didn't think I knew that, but it's going to come out your mouth. I promise you. It's just what it is. And so having more confidence and seeing that kind of happen and, and on this journey I've had with reading the Bible and just seeing how the word is so living that the things that are written in the Bible relate so are so relatable to today and everything that we go through in life on a day-to-day basis. It's been really cool to see and how um, I'm able to really just help others and just kind of speak through some journeys. And I'm like, Oh yeah, why well, do you know about this? And I don't want to come from it from like a, like, Oh, I know all type aspect at all, but um, it's been a great journey for me. And uh, I've, I've grown in my faith because of it, because I've been able to read some things and then say, oh my goodness, like, this is like very real for me. It's very home, like right now. And it's so true that you got to get in that Bible and read it and learn for yourself and not have people. I agree. We're to be a witness. We're not, we don't have to be God's lawyer. When we are called to the stand, we give a testimony and we're the witness. That's what we are. We don't have yep. to be, he can be his own lawyer. I think God's going to be all right in that department. So like, that's the biggest takeaway I've gotten since I've dove into the Bible, like hard the last few years. And I think that's another thing too, is like, well, I got to a point where you used to feel bad, right? Like, oh man, mm-hmm. dude, I thought I was a Christian. Guilt is a sin. Like, oh my gosh. And then you're like, you get to be like, you know what? I need to let that stuff go that okay to make mistakes like if, like you're going to make mistakes and that you stop beating yourself up for it because you're not perfect and you're not going to be perfect and when you just mess up you're like oh man i feel like you don't hold that guilt on into inside anymore you just kind of let it go and everything moves on look i will i reading that depot thing so i really tried to so he's actually helped me out because i i started writing down all my goals and i put it on my mirror in my bathroom And it's amazing. So I wrote down his first five goals and I looked up and in like four or five months, I achieved all of them. I'm like, and my wife was, and I didn't even notice it, but my wife did. She's like, have you looked at your goals on your mirror? I'm like, I mean, yeah, look at them. She's like, do you know you did every single one of them? I was like, no, I don't think I actually looked at it. I don't think I noticed that. But it just, it normally sunk in. And then I, I started a new one. I needed to get to a new path. I, mean, I was on another vein of my life. And and one thing that I always try and do is I wrote it down and it's like, you know, quoting Bruce Lee, which is be like water. You know, you, you got to be able to to do different things. You got to be able to be fluid. You got to be able to 
to be like the stream and be like water. Or sometimes you got to be hard and, and, you know, like the ice or sometimes you got to be like the mist. Right. So you got to be multiple facets of life and you got to you got to be able to do that, especially as a man trying to run your household the right way. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to be more loving to your wife. Sometimes I got to be able to understand the emotions of my eight year old daughter when I'm just like, dude, like, why are you tripping? Like she's tripping and I'm being the same guy, but she's taking it differently today. And my wife's like, well, you got to understand some days it's going to be this. And I'm just like, bro, I'm the same guy. She needs to be the same. Like, no, Roman, I got to be like water. I got to be able to do different things. You know, I got to be able to be more, in that vein and not always so compartmentalized when I'm here, I'm here. No, you got to be able to do some other things. And it's been very uh, fascinating to see that I continue to try and put goals out there for myself because that helps drives me. And I, I don't ever want to be in life just kind of going through the motions that I always want to have something out there in front of me that I'm always trying to steadily trying to work to achieve and, um, and I'm always want to always be learning. My dad told me that the day you stop learning is the day you die. So you always have to be continue to evolve, always trying to be like the crocodile, not the dinosaur. So that's my mantra. That's what I always try and live by. So for anybody that's coming to watch or listen to a relatable journey, he's either a huge Roman Harper fan because of what you've done on the field. What's the biggest thing that you want them to walk away with when they're done with this to learn from you and your journey that you've learned? That I'm a man, um, I'm, I'm very strong in my faith. Um, I, I, I'm loosely though. Like I'm not one of these like beat you up over the head over stuff, right? I'm very loose about it. I know how to have a good time. I'm, I'm just as chill. And another thing is that I probably haven't changed since high school. Like all my boys tell me all the time, they, I'm, the, I'm the one guy and my bro- my oldest brother always tells me, he's like, Roman, there's a reason why you made it to the NFL. Like, it's like, no, none of our other, my other brothers could have made it. He's like, dude, we wouldn't have handled it right. We wouldn't have been the same. And he said, for you, you're almost too humble at times because you don't ever talk about yourself. You don't ever look at your own stats. You don't ever talk about all these other things that you've actually been able to achieve. And when I look up, I've been able to achieve so much more than I ever thought I was ever even close to being able to be able to do. And it's amazing how many more people will continue to love you when you're gone, when you just treated everybody the same, well, the right way, not the same, but the right way. When you love people inside the building and you talk to everybody, you try and put a smile on everybody's face. You don't take yourself seriously. You're not better than anyone else. But I love when I talk to the receptionist at New Orleans Saints. I love when I get to go to the Saints building and go in there and talk to the trainer, Kevin Mangum, who's been there 30-some years. And that I, I went in there and checked on that guy every single day just to say, Mango, how you feeling this morning? How you feeling, dog? Just tell me how your day is going. And then the one day I don't, he was, like, really hurt. Like, that's the type of impression you can make on people when you just treat them nice and check in and see how they're doing on, on a day-to-day basis. That um, when the, the, the former cook, chef at the Panthers – when I saw him at a party, he gave me the biggest hug ever just because he's like, dude, you're just an A1 person. You are just a, it has nothing to do with football. Like that's, and if I'm cool with the first compliment that people or people say something about me has nothing to do with football. And I want that to be something that, that when I'm done, like, like football, they will bring that up. 
but that's not the first thing that comes out of somebody's mouth is, is about my football career. It's more about who I am as a person and my faith and a father and how I love my kids and my wife uh, before you ever talk about football. What's uh, your favorite, your favorite verse? Um, probably that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or I'm really big on, um, I just read this. I think it was Ephesians 13, 13. No, no, no. Second Corinthians 13, 13, that, um, he talks about, um, in, in the whole chapter, chapter 13, they talked about how love, right. That, you know, at the end of the day, we all are blessed with gifts. Like God has given us all gifts. Everybody on this planet has certain gifts. And it's all about what do you use them for? Good, evil, for your own self. Like, what are you really using all your gifts for? And at the end of the day, we're all going to have to sit in front of there and he's going to read down all of our, he's going to read our docket on each one of us, right? At the end of the day, when you got to see the creator, he's going to be right there. And you're going to have to roll through the list and you're going to have to be good or bad with what you get hurt that you have to have this discussion with. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to three things. So did you have hope in a better tomorrow? Did you keep the hope that God was going to, that Jesus was still going to rescue and be there for you? Hope and faith in Jesus Christ, right? You got to have the faith, right? In the unseen, not the seen, not the worldly possessions, but faith in the unseen. And then the greatest of these is love. And that is what I question the most in our country right now is love. All right. We have a lot of hope and a lot of people that have not given us a lot of great things, right? We keep this hope that, oh, this is going to change. Oh, we're going to make this better, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. So we got hope. Are we keeping our faith, right? Faith in the words and what we're supposed to hold each other accountable to. All right, so the faith. And the, and the thing about all of this, I feel like, is love. He said the greatest of these is love. That is what we have to show for one another through all the other things. And if you have love and you don't have the other one, the other two, you got a chance to get in. All right? If you have hope, and don't have the other two, I don't think you're going to get in. And if you got faith and don't have the other two, I don't know if you're going to get in either. But if you got love, I think you got a chance. So that is what I would tell you, is to make sure you keep love. And that's the hardest part, is to love thy neighbor more than I love myself. Because we all love ourselves. And Will, you know me, I definitely love myself. So that is another thing that's really hard, is you have to love your neighbors and love those that are hard to love. All right. For my wife, it's hard to love her mom when her mom hasn't always been the best mom. But for me, it's easy to love her mom. But the ones that, man, it's just so hard to love at times. But you have to love them for who they are, love them for their doubts or love them for their sins and understand that, hey, you can't change them. They have to change themselves. But what you can do is not stop loving them. And you got to love them for who they are and don't try and change them. Because you can't do that. You'll lose all your sleep and you'll lose faith because the person is not changing how you want them to. But they got to have their own path and just love them the whole time. Man, Roman, I love you, dude. You're the best, brother. I appreciate you joining me here on Relatable Journey, dude. Oh, man. Will, man, you know I love you, dude. Appreciate it, bro. You're like one of the best douchiest guys I know. (laughs) I love you to death for it. And I don't ever expect you to change. And that's why we always have a good time. You're my guy, man. I'll let you roll. Go tell everybody said hi, and we'll catch up soon. All right, brother? All right, we'll be good, baby. Roll tide. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thank you for joining us on a relatable journey today. Now we need your help. We want to get this in front of as many people as possible. In order to do that, we got to please the algorithms on all these platforms. This is how it works. 
You gotta follow or subscribe on your platform and then leave a five-star rating and write a review. I know it can be a lot, but please help us out with this. Because of you, this is a relatable journey.